Hi everyone, welcome back to the Caffeinated Brown Girl podcast. My name is Pallavi and I am the host of this podcast. So today's episode, um, I chat with Poonam Desai and this conversation was amazing. I had a great time um, talking with her. But before we get into the episode, I would like to just kind of talk about the podcast a little bit and like my introduction section, which I'm recording right now because it has changed a lot and you're going to notice that I'm changing it once again. But hopefully this is the end of it for at least a while. So I used to do this section with, you know, like recommendation, uh, gratitude and achievement thing for the week. But I just found that that was like me basically putting my past week in a lot of buckets and labels. So instead of like labeling things, I would rather just like kind of like to talk to you about like what I've done this past week, what I've been up to, um, have a little chit chat and then get into the episode. So we shall do that right now. Um, so I have used this past week to do three things majorly. So my first thing is to, you know, continue the fight for Black Lives, um, continue supporting social justice issues. So, you know, I've volunteered at donation centers. Um, I have been reading uh, books. I have been watching movies. I've been talking to my parents and my family members and educating them on these topics and you know that this isn't enough like I have to keep going and keep doing and it's like a marathon as some people put it Uh, but yeah I've been using this week because I have a lot of time to do it a lot like like use a lot of my time um, towards this the second thing I've been doing is spending time with like my close group of friends um so we still aren't going out to like restaurants and stuff even though they're open but rather just like meeting at someone's home or apartment or just going on a walk and spending some time together because on the day that this episode comes out which is june 15th uh it's a monday i start my full-time job i'm working from home but i will start working full-time this is my first job after graduation it's so crazy i'm really really excited but i'm also a little bit nervous but i'm really excited and so i just wanted to spend time with my friends so that once i get busy I can still spend some time with it but it won't be as much right and some of them are moving away so you know that's gonna come up really soon and so I just want to maximize my time with them Um, and the third thing I've been doing is kind of like preparing myself for starting this job so I've tried to clean up my room a little bit because I'll be working from home for at least a couple of months I'm assuming um and then just kind of making sure this is a space i want to be in preparing myself for um working preparing myself like in terms of finances like managing those and so i've just been taking my, that time to like educate myself on those matters and just kind of prepare myself for my first day of work so this episode is actually in alliance with what i just talked about um So as I said, um, I chatted with Poonam Desai, who is the author of Sincerely Life. She wrote this book as a way to deal with her post-grad struggles that included depression, long periods of unemployment, and lack of fulfillment. She hopes with her book, she can encourage her readers to construct the parameters they want to build their own life and feel like the life they build is the life they want and not what others told them to want. So this was a great conversation. Um, we talked a lot about the post-grad blues, because especially like once you graduate college, you expect to like know everything and life, have life figured out, but that's not how it always goes. And then we talked about Poonam's book that is a very unique book and she will talk about it so you can um, listen to that in the way that it's structured. Um, And overall it was a really helpful conversation for me as well um, because I just graduated and I'll start working and you know I have this expectation from myself and others have this expectation from me as well that um, Pallavi should have everything figured out and I don't think I have everything figured out so just kind of navigating those things through it was an amazing conversation um, the only thing I want to say is I do want to put a trigger warning because Poonam does talk a little bit about um, 
her mental health journey um and her struggles with depression and suicidal thoughts so if these are topics that you would want to steer away from and take care of yourself please do that please prioritize yourself first but overall um it was a great conversation i think like it can be helpful for anyone who just graduated college is going to graduate college in the next couple of years or even graduated like high school cuz we discussed the transition from high school to college as well or you know if you're having that quarter life midlife crisis wanting to make a career change or just kind of feeling lost this episode is for you so i hope you enjoy this episode as much as i did and let's just get into it Hi Poonam, thank you for being on my podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yep, so I'm really excited that you're here, but would you like to give an introduction of yourself? Sure. So, um I'm not really that cool, but I'll give an introduction of what I can. So, my name is Poonam Desai. I will be turning 26 in June 18. Yay for losing your insurance. <laughs> That's the most exciting part of my birthday. But a little bit of background on me um I have a double undergrad degree in economics and finance and I have a master's in public policy and I have a master's certificate in business analytics. And if you're thinking, "Whoa, that seems really varied. What are you doing with that?" That's a very astute observation because I do a lot of different things with that. Um and, you know, we'll get probably that into that later, but so that's like my education background. I attended school. I finished or I did my undergrad and my master's at the same school. I did a fast track program where I was able to finish my master's within a year. So I went to the University of Texas at Dallas, which was 15 minutes away from my parents' home and 15 minutes away from Plano, Texas, which is where I grew up. And so I didn't venture out very much, clearly. Um and I did a fellowship in DC. where that's where I really discovered my passion for working. I don't want to say I'm passionate about being a civil servant because I'm not. I'm very passionate about being a voice for an underdog. And government is a way for you to have more of an impact, if that makes sense. Mhm. So that's where I really discovered that and I also discovered a passion for teaching because during my fellowship I would teach a few graduate level courses and that was a lot of fun. And so after I finished college, my first job was actually a professor of economics um and you know we can get into my job hunt struggle mm-hmm. later but job hunting for me was a struggle it was brutal it was a huge struggle and i'm actually in my second round of doing it because after i had taught economics then i went to consulting mm-hmm. and my contract ended with consulting and so then they're like okay we don't have a contract for you we got to let you go and they let me go and you know now i'm in a position where i'm looking for work again during a global pandemic which yeah. is but it is what it is so um that's like a little bit of my work background education background and then i am in the process of launching my first book sincerely life which actually stem my whole writing from it stemmed from my postgraduate life experience and the struggles i faced with my depression and my anxiety that were sprouting from my unbe- I don't even know how to describe it my unbelievable frustration of how gypped I felt after college you know um because everyone said that after college this is the life that you're going to get that's why I went to college and life was like LMFAO they lied to you girl and I'm like okay well who do I talk to in management because I have a question you know uh, <laughs> and life doesn't have you know there's no one i can talk to and so my i was incredibly depressed i was incredibly anxious um i had suicidal tendencies when i was younger and i had overcome them which was awesome but this period that you know they were coming back again and so writing was uh, almost a form of desperation to find a way an outlet cuz i couldn't afford therapy right I didn't have a job and everyone's like what about your parents insurance I'm like even with my parents insurance it was incredibly expensive um and so I was like I need to find a way to get my thoughts out to help myself now because I can't afford to go back to that place mm-hmm. so I started writing um and you know enough people looked at my work and said you need to put this out there because there's so many people that need to hear this 
And so I said, all right. And you know, what's the worst that can happen? You yeah. put a book out there and say, no one buys it. Say no one buys it, but my mom and dad. So I still have a book, you know, like that can never be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So I figure, why not? Like, just go for it. And they're all like, what do you got to lose? You know, you only get this life once. And if you're able to do what you want to do in it, just go for it. The worst that can happen, if it's really not that bad, like you don't want to live in fear like that. So, um, yeah, that was a little bit of a long introduction <laughs> about me, but you know, that's me. No, thank you for sharing your story. And I think um, what you just talked about, like the post-grad struggle, like I graduated two weeks ago, but like yeah. everything feels, I don't know, like it, I feel kind of lost because all your life, you're in education, you know, at least for this situation. And it's like, okay, you're supposed to go to school, college, whatever. There's a schedule. You're always in some sense dependent. And yes. then it's like okay yeah (laughs) figure everything out and you know college doesn't necessarily prepare you uh, directly for those challenges um so I think you know with your book and everything that you do I think those are definitely important stories to share yeah you know and I noticed you know when you leave college and I don't know if you were like this but I went through college with my blinders on right so I got three degrees within four and a half years. Mm -hmm. I worked multiple jobs because I was paying for college, like a lot of my expenses. I was involved. I was doing everything they told me to do because they, you know, and by they, I mean society. At the end of the day, when you really think about who told you this, you're like, I don't, I don't even really know who told me this. This is just what I thought was supposed to happen because it was ingrained in your head, right? And you're right. You go to school for 12 years. And then you go to college and sometimes you're not even given 10 seconds to breathe and think, okay, is this really what I want in this moment? Because if I had really taken the time to think when I was 18 years old, honestly, I probably would have worked a little bit more. I'd already worked a few jobs by then. And I'm a big believer that working teaches you a lot. And I loved working. So I would have worked a little bit more. I would have traveled a little bit more. And then I would have gone to college. I wouldn't have gone right out of high school because I think it's absurd, you know, and as a former, now as a former professor, I still think it's absurd that I'm like, you want me to know what I'm supposed to, what I want to do with my life in college. But when you graduate high school, you know, you have to, you have to ask to use the bathroom in high school. And then you go to college (laughs) where you're paying bills, you're paying for a dorm, you're learning how to manage roommates. You're, you know, all of a sudden life is like, okay, you're good to go. And you're like, excuse me, like what? Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. And then you go to college and then everyone says, oh, college is where you find yourself. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that when I was in school, I thought I was like, oh, I'm peaking in college. You do not want to peak in college. If you peak in college, that's almost as bad as peaking in high school, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and college, I mean, college is a great way to discover who you are and what you want and la da da. But college is also not real. The life you live in college is not real. And, you know, a lot of it is everything, like you said, is kind of set out for you, right? You have your degree plan that's set out for you. You have, you know, what clubs you can be in that will make you well-rounded. You know um, what extra courses to take, yada, yada, yada. And you got, you got a damn advisor that's giving you advice on what the hell to do, right? But you don't have an advisor in life, Mm -hmm. you know? And once you leave college, you feel lost because you're like, I have this degree, but I don't even know what this means because I still do not feel prepared to be alive and live as an adult. You know, no one asks you, Hey, what, what, what do you find in happiness? What makes you happy? Has anyone ever asked you that question in college? What makes you happy? What do you, where do you derive happiness from? No, of course not. So you, you know, you go blindly living life, just doing what everyone tells you. And then all of a sudden you're 50 and you're looking back on your life and you're like, what did I just do for the last 50 years? Did I even want any of this, right? No one asks you, hey, how do you define wealth? Do you define wealth by money? Has anyone ever asked you that? Yep. You know? And it's like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I've never defined wealth by money. I mean, money's nice. And I want enough to be able to have a comfortable standard of living. But for me, I measure wealth very differently. I measure it by the amount of love I'm able to give to others and that others have for me, you know, um, what do I want from my life? What are my dreams? What are my goals? 
And everyone thinks that their dreams and their goals have to be defined by the checklist that society gave them. You get married, you have kids, you have a house, you have a certain type of car, you got a certain type of phone, you got a certain type of job, but it's your life, you know, and there's never that re-emphasis of saying, hey, you got to define life on your own parameters because if you don't, you're living somebody else's life. You're living by somebody else's terms. You're living by other people's schedule and other people's timetables. And then what happens? And you know, it's a little dark, but what happens when you're on your deathbed and you're like, what did I just do? Yeah. For my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's really important for people to in post-grad life to understand that like, you got to make sure you define what you want and those goals. If you want a certain career trajectory, then great. You build a plan toward that. If you want a family, great. You build a plan towards that. But if you're like, I don't know necessarily what I want, but I, I do know what I don't want. You got to make similar steps. Right. So. Yep. No, I definitely agree. Um, and I know we'll get into this a little bit later on as well, but kind of going back to, you know, when you were applying to colleges and like, you know, like, you know, starting college itself. Mm -hmm. So you talked about, you went to um, UD Dallas and you majored in economics and finance. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what was um, kind of your thought process behind choosing those majors? You know, did you think a lot about that or was it something like oh it sounds cool because I know for me like right. with MIS at least it was like oh like that's something you know like a lot of people say is something that's good to have so maybe I should just major in that but for my HR major it was more like okay this is something I'm interested in um, so let's see how that goes so what was your you know um, thought process? Yeah I think that's a wonderful question and I'm going to be so raw and honest here. So, um, I, you know, and it, it's because I don't want, I've seen so many people make the, you know, have those similar questions and no one ever answers them. So I went to the university of Oklahoma, um, before I went to UT Dallas. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you're thinking, how did you pick that school? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. I got a $2,000 scholarship because I was ethnic. And Oklahoma likes diversity. So, you know, it, it was basically a diversity scholarship. Um, and I went to this summer camp, right? You know, the, the summer before you go to college, you go to a different, a few different, you know, camp, or you go to the camp to the college that you're planning on going to, right? Get us acclimated with the other freshmen, blah, blah, blah. I went to that camp and I was like, oh, this camp was dope. I loved it. Everyone was so nice. And it took me four years to realize they're just really good at marketing, right? Which they have to be, they want your money. So, you know, I go there, I love the camp and don't get me wrong, I made some cool friends, but I was miserable within the first three weeks of being at OU. I knew I was going to leave. I knew like that. Like I was like, I cannot be here because I experienced things like racism, mm -hmm. um, racial slurs. I was very alone and isolated because I wasn't part of a sorority and, and you know, at, and sorority life's very big there. So it was just weird. Right. So I was so isolated and I didn't feel welcome. And I, I cared about college. I cared about my education. I wanted a degree. I didn't care about a man, but that was not necessarily the goal at OU of a lot of people that went there, you know, they were looking for life partners. And so I switched. Now, when it comes to the major, I, I love that you asked that, you know, asked me that question because finance, I had no interest in, I had no interest in finance, but my dad said, you better add a hard skill because no one's going to hire just economics. I'm like, yo, that's fair. So I added finance. Okay. And finance and economics luckily go very well hand in hand. I knew there was no way I was going to do accounting. So I wanted something that went hand in hand. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not being an accountant. No, thank you. Not today, Satan. Right. It's like, no. <laughs> so I did finance, right? I did like the lesser of the two evils. But why I picked economics, economics was my primary one, right? And I picked it because I, I found the information fascinating. I found economics fascinating, but I also want to say, I found a lot of things fascinating. I actually wanted to be in communications because I wanted to be a journalist, mm -hmm. but I'm Indian. 
And being a journalist in the Indian community is not viable, right? Because they're like, how are you going to pay your bills? And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. You know, I was worried. And I was, you know, so many people told me I wouldn't make it as a journalist. And I was stupid enough back then to believe that. I was, I was silly enough to believe that I couldn't write, that I wouldn't be able to sustain myself, that I wouldn't be able to survive. And like, you was also very interested in psychology. People also told me psychology, you're not going to be able to find a job, blah, blah, blah. So I went with the field that everyone else, by everyone else, again, I mean society, I mean, you know, whatever community I grew up in, that they said, you'll have, you'll definitely have a job in this field. Boy, oh boy, was that a lie. But, you know, they told me, you know, finance, you, you'll always have a job. Economics, you know, you'll always have a job if you have finance with it. And you have a master, so you will be totally fine. So I said, okay, I'll do economics, I'll do finance. But the truth of the matter is, you don't have to be what your college degree says you are going to be. You can be whatever you want to be. You know, you want to be, a, you know, I'm exploring my own version of journalism on my own Instagram, where I just talk to people about different topics, right? And because I found it fascinating. And the truth of the matter is your success at whatever you put your mind to is always going to be up to you, right? You know, you could, because I am an economist, I am a finance, I have all the degrees everyone told me that would guarantee me a job and I'm still struggling for work, Mm -hmm. struggling. And I have four different types of degrees, right? So, and it's not that I'm not working hard. It's not that I'm not trying. All I'm saying is that life is, you're not guaranteed anything, right? And so when it comes to picking your major and navigating that, I think what I used to tell my students when I was a professor was it is okay to be honest with yourself and say, I don't know what I want. And, you know, I know that if you're in certain communities, it's very hard to tell your parents, I don't know what I want. I don't want to immediately go to college. I know not everyone has the ability to have more open-minded conversations with their parents. But my God, if you do have them, go to a community college and take a couple of different classes that you're interested in. Because I took one economics course. and I'm like, yep, this is going to be my future. Like what? I love economics and I'm incredibly good at it, but I also wanted to write, you know, I wanted to learn stories and share them with the world. I wanted to be a voice for the underdog. I wanted to make life better for other people however i could i couldn't be a doctor because i failed science uh and you know i just didn't want to be a lawyer but i wanted to find a way to fill my calling but when you're 18 that's very hard to find Mm -hmm. you're 18 years old you know you don't get to pick your classes even all you get to pick is maybe your schedule if you're lucky you know Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that really answered your question at all, but yeah, definitely. And I actually personally related a lot to this because before I was applying to college, like my summer of my 12th grade, I went mm-hmm. to um, this summer two week program. At a co- so I'm from India. So mm-hmm. I went to a program there um, and it was in journalism actually, because I thought that's something I'm really interested in. And, you know, I did really well in the program and I've been lucky enough that my parents have at least always been like you can you know study whatever you want to study and you know we'll support you so I've been really privileged with that but I think I had this internalized thing in myself from like society where I was like even though my parents are with me on it you know other people may judge me even though their opinions like don't matter but you know you still have that especially when you're that young so when I was making my decisions of like changing my majors it was very driven by the fact of like what I should be doing or like what you know everyone else is doing but not necessarily um, aligning with my passion so um, as I said like I'm also like you know not exactly sure where I'll be uh, in the long term but I'm kind of fine with that because I know I cannot like 100% plan this I can plan this you know for the near future and if I stop liking something you know make a decision to change that but I think it's true like as I said at 18 you know you don't even get to select um, what classes you can be in or things like that so how can you kind of set a direction for life so 
totally right. on, on there with that um but yeah so kind of uh, can you talk a little bit about what activities and things you were involved in during college um because i know you mentioned yeah. um that you know you were like doing it all and <laughs> so yeah i mean um you know in college i will say something i'm proud about my college experiences I didn't mess around. I made the most of my college experience. And I always tell people making the most of your college experience is not discovering how many beers your body can handle before you puke, bro. You can figure that out on the first night and it's just going to get lower from there. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. You're at your prime in 18. So you can figure that out real quick and then move on. Um, I had a lot of passions. And so one thing that I was very strategic about was I needed to work. Right. But I was taking a lot of classes and they were hard. So my big thing was I found a lot of jobs on campus where I would be able to study while I was working. Mm -hmm. That was really essential for me. So, and I was also super into fitness. I was a power lifter for a while. And then I moved back to bodybuilding. Like I just loved that life. You know, I loved the energy and the power I felt and the confidence I felt knowing that I could move some weight around, you know, and it gave me confidence even to be, you know, not in the dating world necessarily, but confidence with like my presence mm -hmm. around men. Right. Which is, for, which for me was very important. Um, so small things like that. So I started working at the gym, you know, and I was, Initially, I was just like a greeter or, you know, put up the weights, whatever. But then eventually I got asked by the school if I would, if they, you know, if I would consider becoming a personal trainer. And it, a big reason was because they had like no female trainers, you know, and a lot of women were like, we are not comfortable not working with a female trainer. So I said, yeah, I'd love to. So I became a personal trainer for four years. Um, that was just a wonderful experience. Again, I got to combine my passion for fitness, but I also got to teach in a way right so like it solidified my teaching skills um and then i was also a group x instructor i taught spin high intensity yeah. interval training um i taught this class that was very specific called butts and guts where we <laughs> focused on your butt and we focused on your gut and my goodness that was my best like selling class i had to like turn people away from the door and because man th those ladies were not messing around and i loved it um i loved them for it so I mean, that was all alone within fitness, like just my jobs within fitness. But then I was also a financial literacy coach um, for majors that had, you know, because the silly thing about colleges, like, yeah, if you're an engineering, for example, you only take engineering classes, but that doesn't mean you don't need finance. I remember I had a kid come up to me being like, dude, do you have to pay back the money that you spend on a credit card? And I'm like, sweet baby <laughs> Jesus, what do you mean? Do you have to pay that back? You know, it seems so common sense, but I realized there was so many kids on that campus who were really just only focused on their major and like, didn't understand how the rest of the world worked. And I was, you know, I, I was like that in some ways too. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's got to change. So I was a financial financial literacy coach. I was an accounting tutor, ironic because <laughs> I hate accounting, but I was an accounting tutor for a little while. Um, and then, so I was just like a lot of, of my jobs and, you know, they helped pay my bills or, or I would work a lot of the hours, but I'd get class credit. So like, I wouldn't get charged anything for the class, but I would get class credit for it by working, you know, which was in of itself a great opportunity. Um, and then extracurriculars I did, I was a student, uh, I was a ambassador, student ambassador, which means like we represented the president's office at a lot of functions and I was the chairman. So I was responsible for holding major events throughout the school. And my goodness, trying to coordinate a bunch of college kids is an experience unlike any other because I love college kids, but we're flaky. We were, you know, you're flaky in college. You're like, yeah, bro, I'll be there. And then next thing you know, it's like nine o'clock. You're like, where are they? You know? So that was, a hell of an experience but it was awesome um so i was responsible for coordinating a lot of those things i was um god i was in so many different things um i was in a lot of different clubs i was part of a teaching program where i would teach to students in south dallas called um grow south and i in south dallas 
since obviously you're not familiar, but South Dallas is a very underprivileged area. Okay. Under-resourced, underprivileged. A lot of the students have one parent figure at most um, working. And if the, you know, the parent figure might be working multiple jobs, they a lot of them had parent figures that were in prison and a lot of them had been like had experienced a shooting before. I mean, like very underprivileged, brilliant kids, but very underprivileged. And of course, no one wants to take the time to go teach in an underprivileged area because where's the money in that? But mm -hmm. I didn't see it that way. So I would, you know, I went and taught there a lot and we discussed different things like philosophy and their options for college. And, you know, how could they fill out a FAFSA? How could get the, they get their parents' tax returns? Because my one thing is, and that this has not changed from college is, you know, people always say like, oh, you know how people always say, oh, don't give out too much information because then people won't need you. Yeah. You know how people might say that? I think that's bullshit. I'm like, we're all trying to make it here in life, period. We're all trying to survive. We all want to make sure our family survive. And so my big thing, even back then was if I can help you, I will move heaven and earth to help you so long as you're willing to help yourself. You fill out the FAFSA form, but you don't know where to turn into. I'll find it. Bet. You want to go to college, but you don't even know how to start filtering out what your credentials for. Let's take a look at your credentials and then you go from there. Right? So I was, I'm always a big advocate for giving all the information I have to offer and help I can offer as long as that person's willing to help themselves. And that hasn't changed. Um, and so, you know, and that's kind of like a lot of the different things a few things I did in college. I, I feel like I did so much more, but I just, I'm getting old. I can't remember, but you know, this is a few things I did. Yeah, I think that's really great that you did so many different things because I know some people take the approach of like, okay, we'll get involved in activities that will build up our resume. But I honestly think that's not the point of college. Like I personally spend a lot of time in business organizations and cultural organizations. I was on a dance team. So like kind of, you know, taking all of these things because like I enjoy dancing. So why should I not do that? Like yeah. because it yeah. you know doesn't contribute to my resume or something directly. So I think, you know, it's great to do um, things that are super um, varied because it kind of tells you what your interests are too in some sort of a way because as you said like you want to help people and you know as long as they are also having that drive and I think that's something that's really important um, and you know with your fitness job um, this semester actually got a group fitness class yes girl because I had been dancing for the past two years and then I wasn't right. doing the team this year. So I was like, okay, I need to start working out again. Yeah. <laughs> I always go to the spin classes because they were just so fun and so motivating for some, like, yeah. you know, like with just even the music and everything. So I think yeah. like that was amazing. And then the semester obviously got cut in short, but I think um, in with like your, the different activities that you're doing, in a, each of its own way you were mm -hmm. really like inspiring others I definitely think, think that's something that's really great well thanks that's sweet I hope so you know I meant you mentioned college is not for building just your resume it's for you know doing things you enjoy too and I think you should highlight that italicize that blare it from the world because here's the thing I and this is going to sound crazy but I did I have my whole life, because I have been raised that way, I have done everything and anything with always an end intention. There's always got to be an end reasoning why I'm doing it. And if there's not an end reasoning why I'm doing it, then I don't do it. And so now as an adult, when people ask me, what do you like to do for fun? I genuinely don't know. Mm -hmm. When people say, what are your hobbies? I genuinely don't know because I've never done anything without some type of end goal or end result or I've never you know I've never for lack of better words I've never done anything for the hell of it because I was never given that opportunity and I think college is a time where yeah you work hard you make the right connections but my goodness you also understand what makes you want to be alive and what makes you come to life because without that what are you doing here you know I mean everything I do from working out right like Working out for me is not negotiable. It's like brushing my teeth. I don't do it to feel better. I have to do it. It's not negotiable. Um, 
even the monthly facials that I get, the end goal is to maintain my skin, make sure it looks good, preventative maintenance, blah, 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 right? Like, yeah, it's nice, but there's always an end goal. If someone says, oh, you know, you've got the whole day, just like, why don't you do something that you want to do and hang out? I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. We gotta have, there has to be an end reasoning for anything. And I would highly encourage you, you know, your viewers, your listeners, and anybody for that matter, to make sure that you understand where, where does your joy come from? Mm -hmm. Your joy. I'm not saying where does your happiness come from, because happiness is a long journey. But where does your joy come from? You know, what makes you come to life? Is it reading? You know, is it just getting lost in your own drawings? Is it getting... Is it making your own podcast? You know, whatever it is, that time is not negotiable in the sense that you have to make it for yourself. You have to make sure you know what fills your cup up and replenishes you. Because it sounds so simple, but I know there's a lot of people where they're like, like me, where they're like, I have no idea how to fill my cup up because I've never known what's filled it up in the first place. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I think that's really great. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about like post-grad um, a little earlier, but what would kind of your advice be to someone who's like in maybe my shoes or, you know, graduating right now? Because I mean, especially right now, the future is so much more uncertain than before. And people are realizing that more than ever before because all plans have been like, you know, disrupted and things yeah. That. so what would you say to someone who's like in my shoes right now perhaps yeah you know um so before I tell you my advice let me give you a little background about my post-grad journey myself because <laughs> it's not normal I'd say when you finish graduate school right I started looking for work six months before I graduated wanted to give myself plenty of time wanted to make sure that you know I'd made enough connections blah 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 right and like I've already mentioned I was very involved in college so I had a really great network you know, like I said, I'd done everything right. Had a great network, met people, went to events, right? Did all that jazz, sent my resume, all that things, right? And started looking way ahead of time. My first piece of advice is for you to remember, life does not owe you anything. And for, you know, pardon my French, but that is a bitch to learn and remember because you can do everything right and still lose. And you can do nothing right and win. The, what is essential for you to remember is that you never want to lose an opportunity because you did not give it 100%. You run the risk of losing anyway. So whatever you do in this life, you give it 100% or don't, don't bother, you know? Like, and I'm not saying everything's gotta be like that. Like, good Lord, that's exhausting. But, yeah. you know, if you're job hunting, you give that 100% in job hunting. You know, a lot of times, when I was job hunting, I would get so tired. I mean, I had sent resume after resume, cover letter after cover letter, thank you email after thank you email, right? Like constantly going to coffee meetings. And I even wrote an article about my postgraduate depression because the whole time I'd be smiling and, you know, connecting. And when the whole time I only thought was, bro, are you going to give me a job or not? Because then I can't waste my time here anymore, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so it got exhausting. And so I was getting a little bit, I don't want to say lazy, but I, this, you know, there was a point where I was just sending out resumes, doing whatever. And so if you're graduating and you're still looking for work, I hate to be that person, but a make sure your LinkedIn is spectacular. Okay? Have your presence on LinkedIn because that is the new form of Facebook for your, I mean, it was always like that, but my God, it's even more so now because especially because we're all remote, we're all, you know, all online. Um, and so really have a spectacular resume and, you know, you just, you gotta, you, you, you gotta give it all right. Your cover letter has to be perfect. Your resume has got to be perfect. Make sure you run spell check. Okay. You will literally lose a whole interview from one grammar error. Is that fair? No. Is that the way it is? Yes. Um, you know, and I wasted a lot of time just sending resumes in the hopes that they'd pick through it out of the hundreds that, nah, that's not how that works. Like you got to have an in, you know, and I'm not saying don't try, but I'm saying strategize your time because for every job that people apply to, right. If they don't have one, you, it chips away a little bit at your emotional health. Every job you apply to, it chips away a little bit at your emotional health. 
So, and for someone like me, like I said, I had such bad depression and anxiety. I got back to my suicidal tendencies because I was like, I am so tired of not knowing what is going on, right? You, like I said, you get this degree, but you enter life and you're like, um, excuse me, like I'm still a child, right? I mean, when I graduated college, I did not feel like an adult. I felt like an adult with a drinking or a baby with a drinking license. That's all. Like that was it. You know, I, I could legally drink, but I was still like, uh, mom, I have a question. You know, mm-hmm. I was still, I still didn't feel prepared for the real world. I still didn't feel prepared for how much bills actually cost. What you pay in college is nowhere near the reality of what you pay in real life. Right. I was not prepared for the politics that happened in my, in the work environment. I was not prepared for the fact that being good at your job sometimes isn't enough. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are at your job. Do you know how to work with people? Do you know how to make the right connections? And yeah, do you know how to play the game of politics? Do you know how to have the people you need on your side on your side? Um, because sometimes, like I've said, it's not enough to be good at your job and you, and, and it doesn't make sense. That's the whole thing. Like life does not make sense, period. Um, you know, you'll see people where they seem to be living this amazing life and not having worked for it, whether that's true or not is irrelevant to what's going on in your life. Right. Um, so, and if you're, you know, and after COVID, uh, as an, this is for more of my economic teacher coming out. So I'm going to give a little economics lesson. You guys, people who are just not graduating are in a very tough spot because you graduated college, right? And you didn't even get the privilege of walking across the stage, which is so sad, but you know, you, you don't. And the thing is, you are now threatened by a, more factors than ever that will take your job from technology to downsizing to a pandemic, right? And no matter, like, and deep down, you guys know that if someone has to downsize, you're going to be the first to go. So my big advice is just because you're finished with school, do not stop learning. You need to start looking ahead and think, okay, what are the skills that I anticipate will be needed in the next two years? Get a certificate, get a license. I don't care, but do it because I, you know, that's why I got my business analytics degree because I was like, analytics is the future of business. And if you can't read analytics, if you can't understand them and explain them, and all you can do is accounting or finance, well, guess who else can do that? Software. What do they need you for? Right? So, and I hate to be so harsh about it. And I know it seems like it's never ending. It's like, bro, when are we going to get a break to where we can just live life? You don't, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not real. Um, And then Another thing is invest in yourself. My God, invest, invest, invest in yourself, invest in your, um, hobbies, you know, go, go out, learn different things and make sure that you remember how to communicate and talk with people, reach out to people, keep up with your friends, but at the same time, don't be hanging on to friends just because they're there. All right. As you get older, your time becomes so restrained right? You spend eight days at your work. You must spend every day, minimum an hour doing some type of physical exercise. I don't, I don't care what it is, whether it's running yoga, rock climbing, I don't care, but every day you must spend an hour because your twenties are the time where you're setting those habits, you know? So you've got to, you've got to set the habits now because you don't want to be 30 trying to undo your binge drinking habits. It's very hard then, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's a lot easier to keep the weight off than to lose weight. You know, if that makes sense. It's kind of like that. So your twenties are the time to invest in yourself and understand what you like, what you don't like, what you want, what you don't want. What do you want in a relationship? What do you not want in a relationship? And you know, my, I don't know. I've kind of been long winded with this, but my last piece of advice and something again, that I've learned the hard way is be pliable and be flexible and we, you know, it's again, it's not something I can teach you, right? It's not something anyone can teach you and you'll get it, but always keep in mind that you don't have really that much control over anything. Yeah. All you can do 
is figure out how you're going to adapt to whatever's been thrown at you. Are you going to find a way to adapt to where you can actually overcome the obstacle? Or are you going to find a way to adapt to where you just push the obstacle down, but you never really got over it, you know, because you can either hide from the problem or say, man, this is not cool, but figure out how you're going to get over it and move on. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really great advice, especially like to never stop learning just because you may in some sense be done with like a formal college education. There's always like more ways to, you know, get certificates or even informal ways of learning. I think um, that's really great. Um, kind of changing gears a little bit and talking yeah. more about your book, which mm-hmm. is, you know, coming out soon. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what's the topic of the book um, and what inspired it? Sure. So um My book is called Sincerely Life, A Conversation to Find Yourself. And for those of you where if you're like, you know, you asked me what inspired me to write it, um, I was losing my mind. Honestly, that was it. I was losing my mind. And as I was going through my own job hunting struggle, I was, that job hunting struggle was the root of a lot of other problems that came from it, you know? So it wasn't like I was, you know, it, I was depressed and I was anxious and I was frustrated, which affected my relationships with my family and friends, right? Which led to different problems. And then I wasn't dating anybody because I was so unhappy with who I was and so disgusted with who I was that I didn't want anyone to see me at this vulnerable, crappy time in my life. So it affected how I fell in love and what I saw in love. Um, It affected how I saw myself even in the mirror. I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. and I hadn't, you know, I'll, even now it's like, I haven't felt beautiful and happy with who I am and just loved myself in a very, very long time. And so, and keeping all of that energy and those thoughts in your brain, it's enough to make you go crazy. So I said, okay, what? I just need an outlet. So I would get on the dart every day after work and just type all my thoughts out, just type my thoughts out again, as a way to kind of mind dump it. Um, are you a fan of Harry Potter? I love Harry. I have a Harry Potter blanket right on my bed. Okay, awesome. So I'm a big Harry Potter fan too. You know when Albus Dumbledore um, takes the memories out of his brain and puts it in the pensieve? That's what it was. I was taking all of those thoughts and putting them somewhere where, yeah, I could save them if I needed to look back. But God, they were were out of my head because they were driving me nuts. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I realized as I talked to a lot more of my friends, you know, I'd say something like, God, I haven't felt beautiful in years. And they'd be like, dude, me neither. Um, and we talk about like, what is it? Like, is it because we don't feel beautiful? You know, so we'd, we'd look at those different aspects. Is it because we're Indian and Indian women do not get the credibility of beauty in society? Or is it because we're unhappy with ourselves? So we can't see our own beauty. You know, what is it? We talk about it. Um, even love, right? I watched my best friend who I was in love with. And I was in love with him for seven years, marry somebody else that, that changes you. Right. And how do you process something like that? How do you process how you're feeling about someone, your best friend getting what he wants in life, but it's not with you. How do you deal with that? Right. Or how do you deal with friends where, you know, after college, all of a sudden it's like, they just don't care what's going on with you anymore. And, you know, and they only hit you up when they need something from you. How do you deal with that? Right. Um, How do you deal with family when now you're no longer a kid and they've got different expectations of you, right? How do you deal with family when they don't know how to handle your depression and your anxiety and your things that are a part of you? And then they say, just get over it. How do you, how do you deal with that? Right. And so all of those things, I would just talk with maybe two or three friends, occasionally even my sister. And I realized so many people had these questions and no one bothered to ever ask them. No one ever bothered to create the safe space to where they could think about it. Because if you sit next to a stranger, it's easy to talk about Harry Potter, right? It's easy to get all crazy, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm a Slytherin. Oh my God, I'm a, you know, it's, there's that safe space there, right? Like you can totally nerd out for lack of better words and you're not going to be looked at like you're crazy, right? But if I sat next to someone and said, hey, what's your interpretation of beauty? What makes you feel most beautiful, right? And I just want to genuinely know they're going to look at me like, a psycho- like I'm a psychopath. 
you know, or, Hey, have you found what makes your life joyous and what makes life worth living for you? They're going to think that I am someone that needs to have the cops called on them. But the truth of the matter is we cannot explore these ideas unless we start talking about them. So I said, you know, what creates a safe space is a book, mm -hmm. a book creates a safe space because if you get my book and you want to ask questions about friendships and how do I, how do I know if I'm the one being toxic or they're the ones being toxic, right? How do I, how do I learn how to deal with death? Because a lot of, you know, in your twenties, that's when you first start dealing with death and loss. How do I deal with that? How do I deal with finding my own individuality in a world where, yeah, I can be anything, but also I can be anything. And that's scary. How do I, how do I navigate who I am? Right. How do I do that? So I said, a book is a safe space. A book is a way for someone to, I, you know, I never wanted to ever see a 20 year old go through college and still not know what they wanted from life afterwards. That was my big thing because I was so gypped and so angry and so painfully hurt by the fact that I still felt like I didn't know what the hell was going on that I said, you know what? It can't change someone's life, but I'm going to ask them the questions that no one asked me when I needed them to, mm -hmm. because I don't want anybody being 50 years old, redefining how they want to live because they're just now thinking about what happiness actually means to them. So that's kind of what inspired the book. Now the book itself is a 60 day journal. And so, um, and there's different chapters and the chapters are, you know, it's a very, very, very different book. And I'm not saying that to hype my, you know, self up. It's, it's very different. Like you probably have never seen a book like it because the chapters are, um, not, it's not, you know, it's not like a self-help book where it's like the word we're going to focus on today is this, or like the motto or the quote. No, it's like, the first five days are all about individuality. And so, and every day has four pages on the first page is a poetry piece that I've written. And the second page is kind of like a little letter to you, but all of this is written from this third party perspective of life. So it's like life introduces herself. She's this invisible party that you can't see. And the whole book is just talking about her experiences about individuality, but they're my experiences, right? Like they're my words written in this third party persona. So then there's a little letter written from her and depending on whatever the day is, you know, maybe it's how do you find your individuality or how do you define your particular beauty's heritage or how do you cope with losing a part of your soul and you don't know if it's ever going to come back. Right. I mean, and loss doesn't happen with just people, you know, mm -hmm. um, you can lose a part of your rebellion and that's kind of sad, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I lost a lot of my rebellion when I was 14, I was super rebellious. And now I feel like I'm conforming to society standards. And it's, it's sad because you're like, Oh my God, I'm becoming what I swore I never would be, you know, kind of thing. So, and then the other two pages, there's an activity and there's like a checklist. So every single day, there's a little bit for you to contemplate about. And then there's activities you can do where it's actually, they're actually manageable activities. You know, it's not like find your inner peace because if someone says that, you're like, well, what? Like, that's why I was reading this book. How do I find my inner peace? I don't know where to do, you know? So my activities are more like, okay. Um, write down your 10 skills that you want on your personal resume and then 10 skills that you want on your work resume. Right? Like, because those are two very different things. You know, everyone works on their work resume, but if I were to ask you, Pallavi, what's your work resume or, you know, what's your personal resume look like? Would you know what to write on that? Not exactly. Not exactly. But it's like, I feel like that's very important because, you know, at the end of the day, no one's going to bury your work resume. You want people to remember you as Pallavi, this beautiful young adventurous woman or a courageous woman or whatever you want right those are important for things for you to contemplate now because now is the time where you can actually build that so that's kind of where the whole premise of the book is so the chapters are like individuality beauty wealth family friends dream success i mean there's i think there's a total of 13 and they're broken down into three different parts and then all 60 days are within those parts. So it just depends on what chapter you're on and which day. 
I think that's uh, like a topic of making it relatable. I think that's very important. Um, but I also think the way you structure your book, that is very unique because a lot of like typical like self-help books are very like, okay, go do this, go do that. Or like, they're just like so much text heavy that sometimes like, if I'm reading them, I'm having a mental burnout from like, okay, like, so what am I supposed to? Right, right. You're like, I have 10,000 things to do and I'm still lost. Yep. So I think like having those activities um, really helps because it allows people to, you know, kind of have, okay, a starting point and then they can take their journey like from there. So I think um, that's absolutely great. Um, So I know we're like kind of close to like um, time. So I would love it if you can share with us, you know, when this book is coming out um, and where can like my listeners find you or connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, COVID has been spectacular and delayed the launch of my book. Duh. So um, it, oh man, COVID is, God, I don't even have words, but um, so the book launch itself was supposed to release in May, but um, that has been delayed. And because I believe in putting a perfect product out there, so I'm doing some final touches, which have taken some time, but I want my book to be as perfect as it can be in the best reflection. So I am hoping for a pre-order release day by June 18th. And if that gets updated, you know, I'll, I'll definitely let you know immediately, but um so that's the pre-release order and then i hope to have a pre-order time frame of 30 days and then the release date will be sometime in july and my anyone who would like to connect with me you can find me at my instagram it's at author punam desai and it's uh my punam is not spelled with an a for me it's spelled with a u and if you're wondering why that is it's because my dad is from oklahoma and he said I don't want people calling my daughter Poonam. So they changed yep. it to Poonam. <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, there's still the word poo in there. So I guess we're not going to address that portion, but that's fine. Um, it was, I just thought it was so funny. I was like, wait, what? But anyway, so that's where the, you can find me. And, you know, you can find a lot of talks that I do on my Instagram. I do a lot of I, you know, if the whole premise of my book was to get the conversation going, then I figured I should be the one to start it. So I have a Daisy dating series on my Instagram. And then I have just a bunch of different live sessions where we talk about different things from, you know, mental health to sustainable farming to um, how to write your own book, you know, whatever different topics people ask me to discuss and find guests for. So, you know, it's really just also a information center more than anything. That's all I care for my Instagram to be is, you know, a place where you can feel like there's a conversation that will apply to you no matter what. So, and if you, and if any of your viewers have requests, please send them my way because I'm right now doing it all by myself and I'm like, bro, I'm running out of material. (laughs) So if y'all got anything that you guys want to hear about, please send them my way. But yeah, that's where you can find me and that's what I do on my you know, social media. That's absolutely great. And I'll have like all your links in my like description box. Um, but the thing about your name spelling, I think that's very interesting because my name <laughs> has like an like a second A. And so people say Palavi. Um, Palavi. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, <laughs> sure, fine. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I definitely um, can relate on that. But, you know, I'll be on the out for your book um and thank you again for being here i personally learned a lot you know being in those post-grad shoes um and i'm sure like regardless of whether people are in my position or not i think we had a great discussion today thank you you so much for having me this is my first podcast ever (laughs) oh no i'm sorry it was my second one but it was i still love doing them i love when people ask me or you know give me the privilege to tell my story clearly i love to talk so (laughs) thank you for giving a chance for me to hear myself talk um and i think what you're doing is great keep it up i so appreciate that you're also sharing people's stories because they matter everybody's stories matter so thank you so much for having me on your uh, podcast i'm really excited So I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, we talked a lot about post-grad life and just 
figuring out things um, especially after you are in your 20s and you have this expectation of figuring everything out but don't necessarily have things figured out so I definitely recommend checking out Poonam's platform she does a lot of Instagram lives about important topics um, and she also has a book coming out as we talked about so check out the description box I have I will have all her links down below um, and I will talk to you soon in the next episode until then bye bye